0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Please visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Jerry, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good. So we've heard from uh, some NBA players wondering, should they be playing basketball now? Should they go to Orlando to the bubble? Or should they be working on social justice issues and racial inequality issues? And we've heard from players who are saying, well, we should be doing both and we should take advantage of the stage of playing in Orlando to do it. You wrote a column for the Washington Post that caught our eye. What do you think as you listen to the players have that debate pretty publicly?
1: I think just on that debate, debate whether to play as it relates to social justice, uh, I think they would be somewhat irresponsible not to want to use their platform um, to, to send messages, you know, some overt, some subliminal, um, that can help their cause. Uh, you know, it just gets incredibly complicated when you bring in the pandemic and, and health and safety, and that one is um one that I'm not sure exactly how you get there but they had already decided that they wanted to play and so it's already been negotiated between the players union and the owners you know so I think that part ultimately is is buttoned up I don't think it's a question of whether to play because of that I think it's a question of how do we play you know what's the most responsible way to present our game and there's all of these new options right to present the game because you're not going to play in front of in arenas in front of 19,000 people. You're going to be playing on in a closed environment and your basketball court is essentially just going to be a glorified television stage. Uh, So there's some unique opportunities uh, to transmit, you know, some messages while you're trying to entertain. And I think that's where they're trying to get you with this, um, and uh, I think because they're having a the conversation, uh, they'll actually get to a place that's um, incredibly well thought, thought out and potentially powerful.
0: You say that's potentially powerful, and certainly it is. Do you think, or maybe just you yourself as far as the NBA, put yourself in both shoes, you personally in the NBA, is there a line there that they have to make sure they don't cross as far as being basketball players to the point of having a message and maybe overdoing the message? Any concern there?
1: Uh, I mean, there's only so much you can do in a basketball game, right? I mean, you're not going to be pausing, like, on um, the middle of a fast break for, like, a quick um, social justice message. <laughs> you know, LeBron, let me hang in the air for an extra 10 seconds but so let me, you know, say the name of Breonna Taylor. Like, no. Um, I mean, it's still – It's still an event, you know, and it's still a sporting event. And sports, the sport is still going to be at the heart of it. So, no, I don't think that's a concern. I mean, you're thinking about, you know, what are going to be your displays during breaks in action before the game? Is there going to be something after the game? Is there going to be something at halftime? Um, Can you get your television partners to uh, televise those things, you know, PSAs? Um, those kinds of things would all be a part of it. You know, maybe, maybe it's um, something that they're wearing pregame or whatever. Um, uh, you know, so I think if people are going to be turned off by that um, and you don't want to watch a basketball game just because uh, its players are pleading with the rest of the nation um, to uh, care about the lives of black people, Um, You know, I would question whether they're even worth having a fan, um, whether you really want their money. Um, So, uh, no, I mean, I I don't think there's any great conflict about it because I think that you're still able to do it. And people who want to watch the basketball are still going to watch as good of a brand of basketball as you're going to get in this environment.
0: Jerry Brewer joining us, Washington Post sports columnist. I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of access you have to NBA players and what distance or how close you are to what you're writing here. I'm curious though, what players think when they see what happened with NASCAR, because we've heard a lot about, you know, we need a national conversation. There's a level of uh, naivety, ignorance, blind spots, and we need to be educated about them. But I watched Well, I don't watch literally, but when you hear that someone has put a noose in someone's garage, it's like, what level of conversation is going to get through to that person? You know, how how do we possibly and how many people are there like that out there? Do you know if players are weighing that part of the discussion or if they just set that aside and they're dealing with people over here who have blind spots and ignorance and naivety and need to be educated?
1: Um, I mean, I think they're trying. I think they're weighing all of these. You know, I mean, it was kind of crazy as as I and I wrote a couple of columns on it last week. So, you know, um, you know, through text message and through phone conversation, you know, there was you know at least a half dozen players that 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 I was talking to. um, You know, just about a you know not just about their issue, but about you know how they think about everything. And um, I mean, they're, they're concerned. Um they're concerned with, with, you know, overt displays of racism, you know, such as um the noose and in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace's car. Um but they're also concerned about um, you know, systemic, you know, more more, more subtle ways that racism moves. Uh, mostly they're they're about a couple of things. They're about um wanting to, to shout it down. Um and they're about wanting to do something in which they can they can unify people who want to support this effort, and uh, I think everything that they're thinking is along those lines I mean you know I mean there's some who who um you know have this thought of of protest or boycott, but you know I would push back at them and say, you know normally when you're going to boycott something um, or protest something, it's because." Um, those people aren't listening to you. It's incredibly hard for you to want to boycott Adam Silver and the NBA when their ears are wide open. Um, You know, in those cases, you don't boycott them, you partner with them. Um, And uh, I think the overwhelming sentiment from players is just, uh, we don't want to lose this moment and we want to do something powerful in this moment. But um, their moment is a little bit different than, the moment that Colin Kaepernick chose when he was a you know, a bit of a lone wolf, you know standing there uh, kneeling when there was only um, you know two or three players in the league um, willing to take such a stance, um, but the league was pretty much you know, I don't want to hear your concern about this uh, in this case, it's totally different um, from the NBA, so the players want to keep it raw and they want to be connected with the people who are walking the streets, uh, you know however, you have as much support from your league um, as as any sports league in America, and you have to recognize that you want to use that, you don't want to rebel against something um, that's supporting you you know you need to use that
0: have you been able to follow Donovan Mitchell he's been active on social media here with a couple of things he's put out as far as the social justice issue and to see what he's been able to do
1: yeah man I'm a I'm a little basketball fan basically since birth <laughs> um, so uh, I mean Donovan Mitchell someone who I mean, I've followed him since high school I and mean, he's one of the five or ten players in the league that, that I follow the most I and mean, I think he's um, he's just an he's an incredible player, first of all. And as he finds his voice as a young man, um, I think I think he he's understanding um his power and his impact. And I just, you know, I, I love um, you know, there's always been for me kind of this affinity um with with the jazz organization because uh way back in the day Darryl Griffith um, you know, another, you know, Dr. Duncan Stein, another great global player, um, play for the Jazz and then now um Donovan Mitchell is there starring, you know, um, has a chance to be potentially even better than Daryl Griffith was. Uh, certainly his high is better than Daryl Griffith's high. So um yeah, I've 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 followed him and I just think he's um uh you know, he appears to be a tremendous young man. And because his heart is in the right place, um, I think his messaging has been as responsible and as, impact, as impactful as any stars in the NBA.
0: Jerry Brewer joining us, Washington Post sports columnist. Uh, you've clearly got a sense of the history of the sport and clearly got some passion for it. So as you watch this tournament unfold in Orlando, how do you place it in the history of the game, or do you even worry about that right now, given everything else going on?
1: Yeah, I worry about it. I think there's, I think there's a chance that it could really look like a deformed version of the NBA. Um, I do worry about the, the quality of play. Um, I worry about also just what it, um, what it says. You know, on, on one hand, um, you're trying to tie yourself to saying that Black Lives Matter. On the other hand, um, a league that is predominantly black, um, you're 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 essentially going out and and throwing a little bit of caution to the wind out there and going and playing because we just don't, we still don't have a good grasp on um, how dangerous this virus is. You know, dangerous enough to shut down economies for a period of time and keep us in our houses, but. Now, you know, sports is trying to make this uh, impact by coming back and salvaging what money they have uh, or what money is, is they can salvage, you know, what it, a couple of billion uh, potentially, um, you know, which is, you know, roughly, what, about 51% of that goes to the players, 49 to the owners, so they're both in it for about a billion um, dollars. You do wonder, is, is this ultimately going to be worth it? Um, the way... The, the, as erratic as this virus is, you know my big concern is just um, you might be able to get started, but are you going to finish? And um, if it's if it's the, the the Utah Jazz and the Lakers in the conference semifinal, and it's two two, and you have to suspend the rest of the season because there's too much of an outbreak of coronavirus, um, that's going to be emptier than ending the season on March 11th when everybody's played 64 65 games.
0: A couple of weeks back, you wrote a piece where you talked about the lowest moments of your life. You just rediscovered the gift of hope, I guess, basically, in sports. Could you amplify that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, like a lot of people, I mean, I think it kind of transcends race. Uh, we were just really down, um, you know, after George Floyd's death and then, um, you know, the continuation of death. And just watching cities burn, you know, as people uh, not only peacefully protested, but rioted and looted. And, um, you know, my, my thought was just, we're just not going to get it. You know, we're never going to get there. This is something that that has, uh, has gone on long before any of us were born. And I'm going to die not seeing progress that is satisfying. So that's kind of the place that I was in. I mean, I've always been a very hopeful, optimistic person. You know, I'm the kid who, uh, you know, Black History Month recited the I Have a Dream speech, you know, every every February um, in front of big audiences uh, growing up in Kentucky. Um, But, you know, at that moment, I really did feel like my my tank was empty. But, uh, you know, one thing that sports has taught me is it's about the striving. Um, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about striving. Um, you know, I love that about sports. You know, you, you win or you lose. You go and, and, and you um, watch the film. And you try to come back and, and get better. And I think that same kind of ethic uh, is, is what this fight is about. Uh, so I wanted to, you know, essentially that that was, um, it starts out depressing in that column, but it's about, really, it's kind of a an ode to people who continue to strive. And uh, I, I, there's, just, there's something um, really powerful in sports and kind of seeing that. I love comebacks, you know, that notion that, um, you know, you're down 20 points in the second quarter. You, you come back and win because you refuse to quit. Um, and, uh, you know, in society – uh, we've been down even though we don't realize it for a long time. But you know, there's still people who are, you know, fighting, you know, let's let's try to get on this six oh run and and let's just try to nibble at this and see if we can get back in the league.
0: A lot of people listening to you right there heard you drop a lot of Jerry Sloanisms right there.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: It's it's about the struggle. Come back tomorrow. What have you got? Show me what you've got. Are you just going to roll over and take another beating? Or are you going to plant your feet and all that stuff? We heard that stuff for years. Jerry Brewer joining (laughs) us, Washington Post sports columnist. So uh, I'm curious your take on, uh, you know, players. They are um, so popular, especially the stars, and there's so much celebrity. And there's people doing the work who would like to partner with them but can't reach them they are by necessity kind of walled off and it's been getting more that way whether uh even little things you know just you know when you can talk to them before and after games everything gets more structured and less less real do you think some of those walls are going to come down in this area do you think we're going to see more players partnering with organizations that already exist or are they going to do their own thing
1: um, I hope some of those walls come down. Uh, but I, I think um it's gonna be incredibly difficult. You know, I mean I think a lot of players are just about um, you know, as they try to as they really get into true empowerment, um, a lot of it is I can do I can create what you're trying to create on my own. Um, there's really been that kind of a of a mentality. But um there's something about this one and in, in seeing so many players um, walking the streets with the people um, hopefully I think and, and also being in isolation um, for a large part of, of three months um, I think you start to realize that connection matters and um, you know it's not just about you and your legacy um, you know the greatest legacy you can have is, is, uh, is being there for other people and so I think um, some players, I think a Donovan and Nick, uh, Mitchell, as, as we um, discussed earlier, I think he's somebody who's going to connect with that and, and um, be as open as he can be. I think it's also easier um, for, for for Donovan to do it um, in one of the NBA's "quote unquote" smaller markets as opposed to um, you know maybe LeBron, who's just this big international icon. Um, now playing in Los Angeles. But um, I think there is um, there is going to be, I think, as, you know, as things, if, as we come out of this, you know, period, this quarantine period, um, I think on a lot of levels people are going to want to um, partner and respect and connect with others. And I think NBA players, Um, will be a part of that spirit. You know, the question for everyone just becomes, when things get back to as close to normal and everything's comfortable again, are you going to just fall back into your old ways? Or will you have created a new normal that works better for everyone? And um, I hope that's something that NBA players are weighing because it's certainly something that, that, that I weigh um you know just thinking about this time
0: Jerry we appreciate a few minutes thanks for sharing your time with us
1: uh anytime uh, i really appreciate the opportunity guys